everyone, and welcome to the Medfield College Film Society Presents. This is going to be a fun little jaunt into some of the nostalgic content that lives on YouTube and other streaming services that you may have forgotten about or you may have missed. You're going to notice that the format's a little different from our feature film episodes. Each episode will be picked and presented by a different member of the society. But before we get into this one, I'd like to introduce ourselves. I'm Jeff Crawford, and with me is Robert McSwain. Robert, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent tonight. Good, good to hear. Surprisingly excited to talk about this. Oh, I am. I'm, I'm very excited about this episode. <laughs> um, it's going to be fun to, to mix it up a little bit. Andy Brown, how are you doing up there? Hey, guys, I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about this simply because I've it just blew me away. Down where the sea level is very close is Mr. Michael Crawford. <laughs> Howdy. From the place where we're going to go to tonight. How are yes, you doing? Right on the ground. Have you gone around and done research, uh, location research for this? I, you know, I, we're we're under lockdown here, and so I haven't been able to revisit all the haunts. But I think of put I'm putting together a like a scenic tour service where people can pay and like I'll get a van and drive them around to see like the <laughs> shooting locations for uh, for the show. So they can like live a little bit of the magic themselves. A reality tour. I know exactly what the vehicle could be for that. Maybe an Ah, old old white van. Um, Something very sturdy. (laughs) Without any further ado, Michael, you chose this one. I'm going to hand it over to you. Tell us what we're watching and tell us a little bit about it. Today, we are watching the Disney classic, question mark. The Mouseketeers at Walt Disney World from 1977. There were Mouseketeers in 1977? There were Mouseketeers in 1977. That was news to me, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was It was a short-lived thing, but uh, in 1975, which is 20 years after the original Mickey Mouse Club was on the air, uh, Disney put that original show back into syndication, and it was such a success that they began work on a new show called The New Mickey Mouse Club. Mm. And to hype the new show before its premiere, the New Mouseketeers were part of the halftime show of Super Bowl Eleven on January 9th, uh, 1977. Which is baffling. Yes, really wow. baffling. It was t- telling you, it, it was another time. Uh, you can actually find the video of that on YouTube, and it is very different. Baffling that the Vikings are in it too. <laughs> I didn't see who the AFC team was. I just noticed that the Vikings were uh, in, in one end zone. Yes, definitely a different time. Uh, the show uh, then debuted. Uh, it was a syndicated show. It came on on January 17th, uh, 77. And the 12 Mouseketeers were, it was a more diverse group for the 70s, you know, more diverse group than the original show had a very disco contemporary vibe for the kids of the seventies. It didn't take much to be more diverse. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Annette was their diversity of, in the original one, you know, she was about as diverse as they got. So this was a little more diverse. So the show was on the air, uh, until December 1st, 78, um, in kind of reruns and, They'd like re-edit the content together and stuff. So it wasn't on the air very long, which is why, you know, it, it was never shown in the 80s. Like on the Disney Channel, they would show the old, old one, and then they would show 
the new one for the you know, the one that came on in, I guess, 89. And they would show both of those, but they never showed the 70s one. So it's kind of forgotten. So, yeah, I mean, uh, there is at least a notable alumnus. Uh, are there any more? You know, the 90s uh, alumni are, is a pretty impressive list of talent, uh, debatably. But yes. Yeah, not not in this one. Uh, the notable was Lisa Welchel, who would yeah. go on to be in The Facts of Life. And another one notable at the time, uh, who's heavily featured in this, was uh, Mindy Feldman, who was the sister of Corey Feldman. Ah, actor Corey Feldman uh but that was pretty much it as far as people of note uh the others uh didn't really do a whole lot after but uh there is a surprising fan presence online I found a a a tripod fan site that looked like it was from like about 1997 (laughs) <laughs> that was pretty, pretty, Tripod. pretty great. I uh, encourage you to look it up uh, for a history of web design. Uh, but some very enthusiastic fans still remain for the uh, 70s version. Man. Uh, so why did you pick this for us as our first non-feature summer special? Well, I think once you watch it, it will become self-evident. Uh <laughs> as to why i guess i don't know it's a very uh, special piece of television these (laughs) 70s uh walt disney world specials were really weird like really really weird there's another one (laughs) that we saw like we started seeing these these weren't on tv like when we were kids they never really showed the 70s ones but they got airplay like when we were probably in our early twenties on vault Disney, like in the middle of night uh, on Disney channel, when it was their last gasp of showing like old Disney content, they would show it like starting at about like midnight or 1 AM. And they showed this and they showed Christmas at Walt Disney world from 1978. And like I taped them off of TV then and we watched those and they became sort of latter day cult classics because they're really strange. Yeah. And the Christmas 1978 is much stranger than this. I mean, yes. believe it or not. Yeah. It, it is, it is truly weirder. <laughs> yeah. Really, really weird. Um, that's the one people may have seen people bring up the, the giant babies, the people dressed up like giant yeah. babies doing a skit. That's what that is from. <laughs> And uh, I was getting ready to ask, is there a dream sequence? But I think you just answered it for me. There is no, there's, there are two dream sequences yes. at least. Yes. <laughs> of I mean, course. Maybe three, so but two, I, two, I can definitely think of. Uh, so these are just really weird and they're unpleasant. And <laughs> I don't know why. Like they're supposedly to put like Walt Disney World forward in a good light, but they don't. And this show, <laughs> you would assume they want to put the Musketeers forward in a good light, and it does not. It makes them out to look like the worst people in the world. So <laughs> it's uh, it's really something else. So, Lisa, if you're listening, uh, give us a call. Uh, we'd like to talk yeah. to you. <laughs> yeah, no offense. <laughs> Shout us out, Lisa. You know you're out there. Oh, So, Michael and I had seen it. Robert, Andy, had you all seen this before? I, 
I well, it's funny because I'd seen parts of it, but I didn't realize what I was watching. Like, <laughs> I'd seen like snippets. What am I like, watching the, here? <laughs> well, people like cut it up and had used it like in other content. Some some of their this content. Um, so, but then when I watched, it, I was like, oh, so this is where all this came from. This is weird. Like, but like I did not. I'd never seen it in its entirety. I didn't know what it what it was. Yeah, like most of this stuff we've been watching, this was new to me. <laughs> I would imagine this is new to most people, though. Like, yeah, you're not alone yes. in this. This is pretty yes. obscure. I mean, a, a good friend of mine who's a, a, a Disney aficionado, I, uh, I mentioned it to him, and he said he had never even heard of it. And so uh, this is a pretty deep cut, fellas. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going off the reservation here, for de- definitely on this one. <laughs> yes. So once again, if you're uh, listening and you have not seen this, you can find it on YouTube, Mouseketeers of Walt Disney World. It's it's there in several forms. And like Michael said, we had seen it kind of on the Walt <laughs> Disney stuff. And, you know, it does show so much of Walt Disney World and all these specials uh, are kind of a unique view into the resort at this point in time. So that is a redeeming, a redeeming part of it. Pretty cool. Yeah. And when it, when it came out, for when we first saw it, seeing that side, the kind of pre-upcut uh, Walt Disney World Vacation Kingdom. Yeah, I should have I I should have brought that up. I I intended to say that when you know you when you asked why I picked it because there is actually a lot of shots in this of stuff that's not there anymore. So that's a fun that is a legitimately fun aspect of it to like from a historical perspective to see some of the some of the weird little things that aren't there anymore so you know from that perspective it's interesting well i you have the uh you have the helm please i have take, the con take it away my oh my what a wonderful day All right, so I'm going to mention some credits here because I think we need to know who's to blame for this. <laughs> we have uh, executive producer Ron Miller. Uh, Ron Miller joint. Here we go. Ron Miller joint. Ron, my friend. Why? Uh, producer Ed Ropolo. Now, he probably has even more to blame for this particular thing, don't you think? Yes. Yes. Ed Ruppolo's credits list, not very long. Surprise yourself. <laughs> right. uh, written by Ted Anasty and David Talisman Oof. and Tom Adair and directed by John Tracy. Now, of these people, only Tom Adair and John Tracy seem to have had much of a career. Uh, Adair has a really long resume uh, going like as a, as a writer and a songwriter. Yeah. Going back to like the swing music era. Right. Uh, he's did a lot of work for Disney. He wrote lyrics for some of the songs in Sleeping Beauty, like the Scumps song. Uh, he wrote the lyrics for the song from the Paul Bunyan short, which is a banger. Yes. And uh, he did some composing for the Zorro show. So he uh, did that. And then he had a non-Disney career that was very extensive. Uh, stuff for Sinatra, a lot of big band stuff. Please tell me he didn't write this music. I'm assuming he, he did. I think he wrote some of the lyrics for oh. uh, 
Hey, come like, on now. First of it. There's, so. a, there's, there's a banger in here. There's, there's, there's one. <laughs> uh, John Tracy, the director, has a really long, like decades-long list of television directing credits, starting with like more than 100 episodes of The Electric Company, uh, lots of well-known sitcoms and like action shows in the 80s, and several episodes of The New Mickey Mouse Club. So he was there. Uh, we have guest stars, special guest stars. We have Ronnie Shell as Mr. Brown. Oh, boy. Ronnie Shell, perhaps best known as Duke from uh, Gomer Pyle. Uh-huh. You know, classic role. Uh, he, d- he did a lot of stuff for uh, Disney in the 70s. He was in Gus, which we've already covered. Uh, he was in The Shaggy DA, The Strongest Man in the World, The Cat from Outer Space. He was the voice of The Cat from Outer Space. And he was in The Devil and uh, Max Devlin. Wow. Okay. The cat from outer space once again getting a shout out here. That's right. I, know, always I should have recognized it, but I didn't. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, Joanne Worley uh, appears as Colleen Osborne, and she was in Laugh In. We've mentioned her before because she was in uh, Freaky Friday as yes. one of the insane field hockey. Ah, that's right. That's where I remembered her now. Like I was, I was drawing a blank at first. Yeah, she was also in the Shaggy DA uh, as um, oh, what's his name's girlfriend. Uh, she was she was, has also done a lot of voiceover. Uh, Tim Conway's girlfriend, as we was thinking of uh, doing voiceover. She did voiceover for the Wuzzles, for Beauty and the Beast, and for a Goofy movie. So they've huh. both been in multiple Disney things and lots of seventies stuff. So. To help hype these new Mouseketeers, on November 20th, 1977, the weekly Wonderful World of Disney show had an hour-long special, The Mouseketeers at Walt Disney World. So first, let's talk about the kind of manic, psychedelic opening of Wonderful World of Disney <laughs> from the 1970s. Yes. This there was great. an odd amount it. of babes in Toyland. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah. It's like the weird middle period where they're kind of throwing everything against the wall uh, as far as their aesthetic. It's like some wonderful world of color, some really bad kind of visual effects. It's, it's Yeah, something. I love that silhouetted head of Davy Crockett that turns <laughs> to look at you. Yes. <laughs> like in profile, Davy Crockett silhouette. But yeah, everything in like bright primary colors and... And this is when they use the uh, they use the Cinderella castle uh, instead of the Sleeping Beauty castle. On, yes, shows a lot. Yeah, Sub which it is in. odd. So we start off at Walt Disney World. Where at Walt Disney World, we see the old topiaries yes. out by the monorail track. Yeah, I put that like right there at the top of my list. Was how about the topiaries? So yeah, good to see them. I wish they bring those back. Those are cool. Uh, we start off singing zippity doodah on a Mark IV <laughs> monorail. Yes. Yikes. Yeah. We got wide lapels and earth tones abound. A lot of whistling and scatting. Lots of intense smiling. Uh, what did we think of this uh, fine musical number, folks? From the first five beats of zippity doodah, I said, I hate this already. <laughs> I wrote, these kids are already too much. Yeah, probably not long after it. The heavy dubbing, the heavy, clear dubbing and poor lip syncing is intense. 
well, from a video standpoint, like I was like blown away by how impossible it had to be to shoot in, in a monorail car. Like just, I was trying to like, like they had all this ex- in, like exterior lighting going on in there. They were trying to, you know, blast the light in there. So, uh, so that the cameras wouldn't be like the windows wouldn't be like a nuclear bomb is going off outside with the sunlight. So they had to have a ton of light in that car and they, and they, yeah, and they had and that camera crammed w- way at the very back corner, <laughs> shooting back across. And I was just like watching that going, man, that's a nightmare. Why? And those weren't as spacious as the ones they have today. Those had less right. room in them than they do now. Yeah. They just had the row seating. So you yeah. had to cram it in there. That cool, like, brown naga hide or whatever it was that vinyl those vinyl seats that's good stuff uh, they just keep uh interspersing uh b-roll of the parks which i'm like eh, ah, and then they'll go back to the musketeers and it's like no no but yeah. uh the nice it's like stuff you would not see from the monorail that's right good stuff. yes yeah like the like the totem poles in frontierland which i uh pointed out they get a big uh visual yes. cue which now you can't even find those hardly so it, yeah. was, it was this scene here though it's like they're all singing and having a good time and then they at the very end like they cut to ronnie shell and he looks so awkward in all these shots and i was like it looks like his inner monologue is thinking they're going to find out about me at any minute now i'm embezzling their money and they're going to figure me out like it's this whole like he's like emoting this weird like like he's done something horribly wrong. <laughs> it's yeah. it's really weird acting. It's like I don't know what he's trying. I, I guess he's proud, but also paranoid. It's it's weird. Is he supposed yeah. to be their manager? What's he? What's his role? They never know. say, but clearly he is their handler at least. But then yeah. there's somebody above him, as we find yeah. out later. Yeah, so, yeah. I kind of gathered that he was sort of like the yeah, their like tour manager maybe. But yeah, like, he's um, kind of perched there with his like clipboard and he's like just kind of watching them sing, but like kind of monitoring them like, yes. And then there's good. Yeah. Then there's the theme park B roll. And then there's like sudden close ups on one Mouseketeer that'll, you know, there's one that goes like, and it's like, ah, and there's <laughs> like, there's scatting and then there's like aggressive whistling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, aggressive yeah. Whistle. I don't see how you guys made out anything. I couldn't like see any facial features or anything. Cause like two forty resolution i was watching on youtube but so oh, it just looked like these blank faces i had a pretty good uh rip on mine i don't know maybe they're, they're like three rips that they uh but uh, the Wrong one i rip, watched man. was uh i've got it on blu-ray did you up convert it or did you get the like the original uh master <laughs> yeah i got the original master from under the mountain where they keep it it's the 40th anniversary uh special edition but yeah jeff the the shots of the magic kingdom are good you see the old dumbo there by the 20k lagoon and yes uh, totem poles like you said so again we're getting a little we're getting a little look and then they cut back to the musketeers they've got sporty tennis racket girl and they're all like ready for their vacation so uh uh, we pull into the contemporary replete in 1970s glory with the mm. yellow plexiglass trees very nice that carpet oh that uh, carpet southwestern style carpet uh, so i got a question here like from a continuity standpoint and this is gonna you guys are gonna laugh at me at least maybe one of you maybe all three of you so the train coming in on the wide shot so they see that the monorail coming in and it's on the resort line 
but it looks like the one in the station's coming in on the express line, but it's coming in back. Oh, yeah. But it's coming in backward, like because the express line is going counterclockwise. I think they they end up on the wrong. I wrote that I said Robert is going to say this ruined it in my notes, <laughs> but they land on the wrong side of the landing, so yes, they like go past where like Chef Chef Mickey's is. I think. Yes, I, I think you're right. Well, I couldn't figure out if they were on the wrong side of the landing or if they came, if they actually had the shooting on the window side, like because there's a little ledge uh, on the window side of the, of the station. That you, yeah, uh, and I, I thought maybe they were using that area, but yeah, I Ruined was trying it. to. F- I was yeah, I was like continuity's already blown, and like in the first you know thirty <laughs> well, seconds, they broke the they broke the physical laws of nature at walt disney world a couple of times in this episode so i wouldn't be surprised if they did it because it looked better and it felt like they were um, crossing the axis a lot too like with these shots just like so. thunder in paradise man <laughs> thunder in paradise. <laughs> our first thunder in paradise shout out wow we finally made it <laughs> so uh you know they get out of the monorail there's that old sound of the mark four monorail doors popping That's open right. that was very distinctive very nostalgic and uh <laughs> I remember, I think this might have been 91, maybe, when we went down as a family. And I remember, Michael, you were like, not, I wouldn't say complaining, but pointing out that it, it was gone. Because the new trains oh, yeah. were there like, oh, we don't have that, that sound anymore of all the doors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I was probably nice. complaining. <laughs> I was like, wow, he's right. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't notice that until now. <laughs> Everything's so smooth and automated now. You don't have the... The analog door effect. <laughs> it was so much richer. Uh, so the kids pile out on the monorail, and they're excited for a free vacation, they say. And Ronnie Shell's there to encourage them to proceed in an orderly fashion and immediately gets it in the store from the sporty tennis racket girl. Which, like this is it. the yeah, this is the beginning of the tennis subplot, which is large. A lot yes. of tennis. Like, we have tennis at Disney World, but continue. It was no, it was clearly like a thing they wanted to like underscore. So, like, she like plows into him with her tennis racket and he doubles over. And uh, she has a great line reading about my tennis racket has a mind of its own, especially when I'm trying to make a hit with the tennis ball, which is great <laughs> writing in addition to great acting. Yes, yes. And it's like, I can't wait to play tennis. He's like, after you check in, it's like, yeah, yeah. good to work. He's, Really yeah. intent on getting him to check in. Yeah, check in first, everybody. Uh, so there's some physical comedy coming our way. We get to see with uh, Mr. Brown uh, getting wailed on. So <laughs> one of the kids is psyched for River Country. So away we go over Bay Lake and its white sand beaches to River Country. Yeah. Right, so what's what's River Country? This one's lost on me. So River Country was the first water park they had, uh, which was out there by Fort Wilderness. Wasn't it built in 1975? Was it built as the first ever? I mean, like themed water park? Yeah, they kind of, yeah, that's what they kind of put across. Like the first ever like big themed water park. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, it Uh, certainly looks dangerous. Well, man, I, in my oh notes, boy. I said the days before lawyers ruined everything because <laughs> man alive, it would not exist in that form today. I tell that, you what, that, that, that poor, like saint, they kept showing that same overweight bald guy falling out of his tube <laughs> and like, yeah. crawling back up the stream, like a grizzly bear like, and trying to catch <laughs> salmon in Alaska. Just, you know, it's just crazy. I, I love like, like, like people are coming on the slides, like, you know, 
like on Multiple top of each other. Yeah. Like yeah. there's like no yeah. spacing. Like <laughs> three people, people. Would, yeah, yeah. Would just come barreling down. Like <laughs> it reminded Plowing me of the, into each other. Yeah. Of the Simpsons where they went to Mount Splashmore and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they, 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 Homer gets stuck in the tube, so they send a whole bunch of kids down to try to dislodge him. <laughs> and then that's kind of what it was. That's kind of what was going on. Yeah, they did love the gag of the pudgy dad losing his inner tube over and over again. They kept going back to that. Keep yeah. keep doing it. Uh, and then yeah. you know they had the giant swinging arm that would just stop like and catch, and you would just go flinging out and all kinds of dangerous stuff. That was amazing. Uh, yeah, but I love the song. Like this is like I was mentioned earlier. Like there were sections that like I'd seen before. And I'd seen this section a dozen times in various YouTuber videos that they had done on River Country. They'd always would pull this this section out and, and use it and, and use the song. So I was familiar with the song and familiar with all this, the, the, the River Country stuff. River Country, I'll admit it is a catchy song. I mean, it's ridiculous, no, but it is catchy. It is not a catchy song. <laughs> oh, come on. It's a hoot. It's no. a holler. It's a water jamboree. No, river no. country, big river country. If you're hot around catchy. the collar, it's a cool place to be. Yes. <laughs> come on. It's a dandy. It's a beaut. There's a lot about uh, Yeah, some of the words. There's a lot about it to brighten up your soul. <laughs> they sing. Come on, Andy. No. Brighten up your soul at River Country, man. Okay, so I got to tell my River Country story. So I think I th- think I've only been there once, and it was in the early '80s. So it was sort of like in its infancy, and I, so I was maybe five years old, and this was a traumatic experience. Like this is like the my only like solid memory I have of this. So all of you know my parents, and <laughs> everyone on this in, in the society is, has a deep knowledge of my parents. So my mom is fearless and kind of crazy and, and, and kooky. And then my dad is like the exact polar opposite of that. Like he is not a risk taker. He is very calm and collected and, you know, <laughs> so they make a weird dynamic and I'll give them a quick shout out. They just celebrated their 50th anniversary. So congratulations. Hey. Oh, wow. Hey. Hey. So whatever it is, they, they make it work despite, despite their, their personality differences. So we went down there like in the early eighties and we went to river country and my mom, my first of all, my dad hates swimming. So he had to be miserable. <laughs> like it was always a big deal to see my dad get into the water. Like we, my, my sister and I were like, Oh, dad's getting into the pool. This is great. But he didn't get in at river country. Yeah. By the way, Andy, just to give you context, that's like lake water. They like recycle up okay. into the water and then it empties out into the lake. Yeah. That another makes reason. The lagoon looks just disgusting. Well, again, from the 240 resolution that I had, it looked awful. (laughs) So my mom's taking us on all the rides and there's the inner tube ride. And my dad says, that's too dangerous. I don't want the kids going down that. My mom being my mom said, sends my dad to go get drinks and then grabs me and my sister and takes us down it anyway. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And she used to do this kind of stuff all the time. Like, (laughs) It was, I can't believe that he did like, on brand. but, uh, so 
we're going down this ride. And I remember, I mean, I remember it very vividly. And at the very bottom, like there was like this little wading pool. And then there was like this fire hose, like things that would spray you and push you down a, a slide into the main lagoon. So mm-hmm. I keep like falling out of my tube and I wasn't really having a very good time. I didn't want to go down it. My mom kind of threw me down it anyway. So I was like terrified going down. And then right at the end, like I, I go into the, into the landing pool and I get sprayed straight in the face by this hose. <laughs> and, like it knocks me backward and I go sliding down backward down the, down the cement slide and into the <laughs> lagoon and without a life jacket, mind you. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, and none of that. I'm like flailing around, and my mom goes down after me, and she gets me back into my inner tube. And I was just like, "What in the world? I did not want to do that. Why did you drag me into this thing?" <laughs> that's my that's my only like memory I have of of, of River Country, oh, man. And then you know after after this period, they build uh, these slides that are kind of like on a cliff, and they just drop off for about I don't know like eight like, feet. Just yeah, free least, fall drop. Yeah. <laughs> and those used to be crazy to get on. Even like older, it would be like, what in the world? It's just yeah. Disney's lawsuit water park. And it stayed open, Andy, until the until 2001. No yeah, it was way. after 9-11. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. they used 9-11 as an excuse to close down a lot of stuff. Never forget. Uh, like Discovery Island and River Country both bought it. And then later, you know, nowadays you can't even go in that lake water because of uh, amoebas microbes and things yeah um, so you can't even use that water anymore but it was unfortunate because it was a really cool like disney does that like theme really well it was really cool and yeah. uh like had fred yorger and like some of the old timers did all like their fake rock work and all the timbers and stuff and so it looked really cool but yeah it's something that wouldn't make the cut today that's for sure r.i.p it just got demolished not too long ago yeah just recently it lingered for decades but just well i was reading that like there was a a law in florida about using lake water um in water parks and it was against the law but they'd gotten kind of like grandfathered in but there was yeah like you said i think they used 9-11 as an excuse to go ahead and 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 shut it down for good but it's a really interesting system they had like an inflatable like a hidden inflatable like barrier so that water would get filtrated and come in but yeah, they kept the water. They kept the water of the lagoon higher than the lake, so it wouldn't be backwash. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. It's good old times. Yep. So uh, we jet away from River Country to another really beloved bygone thing for me: the Fiesta Fun Center at yes. the Contemporary. It was okay. That was my question. Was uh, was that the the arcade at the, at the Contemporary? Yes. Uh, that yeah. was imp- impressive. I remember Jeff and I went down there in '98. We went down there two or three times, didn't we, Jeff? Because you were like, we yes, got to go to the, yes. if we're going to go play video games, we're going to the contemporary. And we went yeah. over there, and Jeff would just like school these teenagers in, in Daytona, USA. Well, I got that from Michael. <laughs> Michael used to do that when he was working there. We played Daytona all the time. Yes, you were like unbelievable when, at it, though. It was like, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> when, uh, when I was there, that was the first thing I think of when I think about the Fiesta Fun Center. Um, when I was there on college program, we would go after we got off work at Epcot at like two in the morning because it was open 24 hours. And this was before they had like security up to like harass you. Like as you tried to get in, you know, you, you could just, just go, go to go, any resort yeah. whenever you wanted to go. 
And so we would go to the contemporary at like two in the morning and they had like a bank of like eight Daytona machines, like linked up. <laughs> and so uh, our whole like crew would go and just play Daytona in the it middle of the awesome. night. It was so yeah. good. Hey, you and kids get off Daytona. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like that. To and be then honest. Perkins. Oh, and then go to Perkins. Yeah. For a milkshake and an omelet or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, for those, you know, for those who don't remember, this was the entire like ground floor of the contemporary where the wave is now. The restaurant was an enormous, enormous arcade. And like as a kid, it was just like the coolest thing ever. It was cooler in our era than it is in the era depicted in the show. Uh, the kids are, we see them playing a line of skee ball machines and there are old pinball tables in the background. You can actually see a yellow computer space machine, which is really cool. That was the first arcade machine ever. And, uh, it's kind of lurking in the background, but like in our day, it was like all arcade machines and they always had like the fanciest stuff, like, um, the stuff that you would never see, like in your local arcade, there was one that Sega machine that had like a hologram. Like, the interface was a hologram, kind of, and it had, like, live video off of a laser disc. That was really cool. All right, so then what was the stuff that fell on the floor in the background while they were all Okay, I I don't know. I don't don't know that either, because I can't tell if it's, like, a joke that just... It must have gotten cut. Yeah, there was something happening. There must have been some sort of gag they, they ended up cutting. Cause I saw it too, going. What is all this? Like, and it's like one machine in the background uh, spills a lot of balls on the ground. I think they're balls, but I can't tell what. I can't tell if they're trying to make a joke, like in the background, or if that's just something that happened. I don't know. It was really strange, yeah. and they yeah. don't like ever allude to it. So I, mean, I don't know what like, that was supposed is to this, step this, over it and go through it. I just thought it's like musketeer privilege, or like we can make a mess and but, do yeah, whatever it we could want. Be. Could be. Is this, yeah. a, is this, was it before or after this scene where they do that, that Mr. Brown hands out all the cards or is it during? So this is where Mr. Brown, they're playing and he shows up to yell at the kids okay. and hand out their park passes. But it takes forever. Like he goes through, like it was so long and, and, and needless. Well, you know yeah. what that is? That's him name checking all of them. So they do yes. their roll call. Oh, yes. He's just this like, lets him yeah. like call out the names of the kids and introduce him. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And they show all the kids' faces when they're doing it. So it's like so I thought it was kind of gratuitous. It takes yeah. forever. It's, it was so yeah, it's so slow and dragging. It's like here are the kids. One thing I wanted to point point out that uh in in this era there the contemporary had a real southwestern theme that they leaned really heavily into. And so they had like character cutouts on the walls in the background. They have cutouts of like Disney ducks. And they have Huey, Dewey, and Louie uh, riding a burrow in sombreros on the wall. Because that's contemporary. I, I mean, that's, yeah. that's contemporary. Yeah. <laughs> but this place was so cool. They had like a shooting gallery. They had a theater where they would show movies. And uh, like they even had like food all night long. Uh, so it was really the place, the place to be. I miss it a lot. Yes, it was awesome. And how about Mr. Brown being a, a big time loser? I mean, <laughs> yeah, they keep nailing like the beat of Mr. Brown, like being <laughs> he tries to, a, a loser. He, he goes he, tries uh, to play the pinball and then he tilts it and gets a foghorn. I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. as they're, the kids take off for the press conference at the Lagoon Dock. Yeah, 
he plays that last pinball, and I love the the like an alarm and then a loud foghorn. It's like loser. Look at how much he. What a is loser! Bad. We've established yeah. he's a loser, but yeah, I want to witness the fictitious press conference at the Lagoon Dock that the Mouseketeers <laughs> do. This is yeah. cracked up when I heard that. Uh, uh, so we cut out. Only gets better. Cut out to the uh, Lagoon Dock out on the Contemporary Boat Dock. Uh, where Lisa is taking a bunch of pictures of uh, a oh. giant bowl of salad uh, because they have set out for the press, apparently, uh, as their bountiful bu- buffet. They have a bowl, a huge bowl of salad, which is like lettuce. And then they have like a little <laughs> plate of pretzels. And uh, so there's a, a hilarious 70s gag where the other girl asks her why she's taking pictures of a salad. She says, I'm on a diet. Can't take pictures of anything fattening. Yes. <laughs> Super problematic. Uh, yeah. She is like very trim already. It's, yeah. Well, they're all like rail thin. Yeah. Like rail thin. Uh, Do we have any thoughts on the uh, outfits they're wearing here? I have a lot of thoughts. On it. <laughs> I, well, I didn't see anything wrong with it. They're costuming. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the what? problem? That's what I'm wearing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh they man. All got on their like uh bell bottoms. They got their like Mork suspenders. Yeah. Uh yeah. I mean this is in. where your theory comes in, Robert, of of who they're who they're shooting for, I think. So, yeah, so I got his theory that they're they're totally trying to rip off up with people here. And it just felt like a whole like up with people kind of vibe going on. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And, Absolutely. And just a, so, a, on a side note, like we had some up with people, people come stay with us <laughs> in Shelby and they were like super high energy. I'm watching this the whole time thinking it kept reminding me of that experience, like meeting the up with people crowd when I was a kid. Yeah. Very much that vibe that like that seventies aggressively enthusiastic show <laughs> child or whatever. Yes. I have some note here that says that, that, that there was a look take at, at the camera gag here. Uh, but, yeah, so they're lining up together. This is the inciting incident, shall we say. That's for right, the, yes. So, yeah. For the uh, special. So they're lining up to get their photo taken with Mr. Brown, but Sneaky Lisa has other ideas. And Lisa, she, Lisa uh, does a look take. Mr. Brown gets paged away, and she decides to play a little prank. She does a little look take at the camera. A very and, long setup. Super a long very setup. long, like, oh, I have an idea, thought. Um, so she has them, the old, like, oh, just one more step back, one more step back. And they fall into the lagoon, <laughs> which mostly means they push each other into yeah, the lagoon like violently. Most of the, like, only three of yeah. them fall in, and everyone else gets pushed in. With yeah, like that, laughing that, maniacally, just like, ah! <laughs> like, there's, like, this really, like, eerie music playing, like, like canned <laughs> like scary music soundtrack it's really bizarre and it goes on for a while yeah, it goes on forever yeah, yeah it's it really, well for and they're so like long. half Don't, half laughing thing. half screaming and uh like that bowl cut boy picks up a girl and just like flings her in uh so there's like a lots of hysterical screaming and shoving and again like today they would definitely not be allowed in the lagoon but again, you know, this is supposed to show the Mouseketeers at their best, and they're sort of like violent, right? <laughs> yeah. So and then, um, then immediate cut to reception. <laughs> it's like ah, yeah. boom, cut to reception. 
Yeah, it's like <laughs> this hard, uh, like this slam cut to, to, to reception. <laughs> to the front desk, which yeah. is amazing. It's an amazing front desk. Yeah, but reception, you got that Mary Blair uh, art in the background. Very cool. Yeah, like the papooses and a bear. Yeah. Uh, even, it looks yeah, good. That. Nice font work. I have to go back and watch uh, it for the fourth time and see it. Yeah. With uh, Robert's sister as the uh, receptionist. Kind of. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, oh, I didn't man, pick up yeah. on that either. <laughs> uh so there's a bit of comedy quote unquote here with the desk person being dumb about who's getting paged by whom and uh they kind of they it's like half-hearted efforts to like kind of make a joke but they never quite make it so we're introduced to joanne worley who's colleen osborne from everglades magazine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, she's here to get the inside scoop about the Mouseketeers. Now, I love they're having a press conference, but there's she's the only person that ever shows up. Right. They never actually have a press conference or are there actual press besides her. It's just her. Uh, but they're uh, heading out to the press luncheon, which I guess is the salad. And uh, she's like, <laughs> now level with me. Are the Mouseketeers really friendly towards each other? And he's like, yeah, yeah, they're all best friends. Uh, so the kids come in and they're all soaking wet and all screaming at each other and like pushing each other around. <laughs> and one of them, I think, it, I think his name was Pops. Is what they referred to him as. Yeah, Pops yells and calls one of them a turkey. It's like, who are you calling a turkey? <laughs> well, he says jive turkey. Does he say yeah, jive, jive turkey? turkey. Yes. Yes. jive turkey. But, yes. but that's like a running like gag. I noticed like the process yes. is calling yes. each other turkeys, which. I, I, I really enjoyed that. That was funny. Again, the uh, yeah, the contemporary lobby though. That little background of it looks like a kind of like woven kind of Technicolor pattern. That's yeah, on the wall. over by where the uh, like the restrooms are. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. But they're like pushing each other and right. like one like ripping off the other suspenders, and it's really horrible. Terrible. And she says, this could be the story of the year. That's, that's yeah, what a, she is what a loving sad, it. She what is, a sad publication. <laughs> yeah. She is super psyched that they're fighting. And she's like snapping pictures with like a creepy level of delight. And she like has maniacal laughter. It's a total it's, point and shoot camera too. What a, what a, yeah. Hack. What a oh hack. yeah. It's like an instamatic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So she is super psyched that they're fighting and is taking pictures. And uh, again, the line about who you calling a turkey, I'm calling you a turkey, you jive turkey. That's <laughs> good stuff. Oh, boy. So we've got a problem. The Mouseketeers are having problems. Andy, what are you thinking at this point? Well, we're about, what, 12 minutes in? And yeah. I, th- I think I, at this point, I had my wife came by and she kind of lifted my jaw up because my jaw had been open this entire time and like what in the world am i watching i mean i, I really was, i was stunned Andy, you need to I get was new friends. That's what she said. yeah she's like why, why are you doing this to yourself it's not worth it. it's only a, it's a podcast don't worry about it yeah and again like i've said this and i will come back to it again because it just amazes me every time you know, they're supposed to be, you would think, presenting the Mouseketeers in the positive light, but they are hateful. Yeah. They're like mean. Yeah. Uh, again, yeah. It, yeah. It gets worse. 
It, yeah, it's <laughs> it's worse than jive turkey, man. So anyway, back in his room, Mr. Brown's on the phone uh, with Mr. Harrison, his oh, boss. Oh, man, about, it cracked me up. That's about so rescheduling good. the press conference. The sound effect on the phone. <laughs> yeah, it's like a frog. <laughs> yeah, it's like Peanuts adult voice, but like angry, you know? He's also got a bag of ice on his head, which is a gag that they play a couple of times in this episode. He's got the ice pack on his head and, and Mr. Harrison screaming in that Peanuts adult voice. And so Mr. Brown vows to get the kids to rehearsal on time and he gets hung up on. And then the smallest kid, one of the smallest kids, Mindy, this was really weird. Comes in his room. She's like wrapped in a towel and eating an very, apple. Very strange. It's just very strange. strange. Yeah. It's like she just like got out of the shower or something and has her towel on. Yeah. And yeah, it's weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is like we're in a moment it, of silence for this moment. It, this is where it really turned dark. I was like going, boy, this is really going downhill fast. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, real quick, like, why is there so much pressure? Like, why why are the stakes so high for the Mouseketeers? For the Mouseketeer press conference. I, mean, I don't understand. Like, I really wish I could see a version where they have the press conference successfully. Like, what does that look like? Right. But Disney's making this about their organization putting on something, and it has this dude blessing out his subordinate on the phone. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like nobody gets away looking good from this. Right. Mr. Brown's an idiot. His boss is a jerk. Tilt. <laughs> uh, so Mindy's talking about how the kids are all mad at each other. It's going to ruin their vacation. And Mr. Brown says, all right, we're going to fix things. So we have a nice little uh, wipe to the, they're sitting outside the Plaza restaurant at the magic kingdom. And he and Mindy are seated at this big empty table. And he's, it's the gag where he's like giving a pep talk, but then it like cuts back to reveal that he's talking to like an empty table. So it's like, ha ha ha. You know, <laughs> he's giving a lecture to the empty chairs about how to behave themselves and conduct themselves in a manner befitting the Musketeers. Where did you say that was? Was that, it seemed like the Crystal Palace. Is that it's on the was? other side? It's on the other side, like on uh, the Tomorrowland side. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, okay. Like they're just kind of out on the sidewalk. There's not really much, like seating like that there. Gotcha. I don't think there was there then. We got some good womp womp music playing in the background. They busted out the like tuba or whatever for Mr. Brown. <laughs> yeah. Fitting. As they should. Yeah. So he says they may need another plan. And uh Colleen shows up. She's there to tag along and she blackmails Mr. Brown into letting her stay by saying that otherwise, you know, if, if he doesn't let her like get the scoop, she'll go back to her room and write the hottest story of the year about the kids hating each other. Gotcha media. But would it be, it would not be <laughs> fake news. You got to wonder what <laughs> fake news in the Everglades magazine. <laughs> you got to wonder what like the mandate of Everglades magazine is like what the spread of their coverage is. <laughs> it's hard hitting press. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, uh, you know, Fort Lauderdale update and the Mouseketeers hate each other. Like, I would love, and again, alternate universe, I would love to see where she writes that article. Like, what does that look like? Pulitzer right. Prize winning. <laughs> Pico commie rag. 
<laughs> yeah. Yellow journalism from the uh, Everglades magazine. <laughs> like just a bunch of like really bad pictures of them yelling at each other. <laughs> Complete with photos. Uh, so Mr. Brown, he offers her a make good. He offers her an interview with some of the girls, says she should pick three and take them shopping. Of course. Women, women be, shopping. be shopping. Women be women shopping. Be exactly. Shopping. So she selects three from her list and she takes off. And uh, Brown tells Mindy he's got a divide and conquer plan that he'll bring the Musketeers together by splitting them up. And we've got a great line reading here. It's the old divide and conquer theory. We'll bring the Musketeers together by splitting them up. Oh, fine. Yeah. Oh, fine. It's a great, it's a great read. I love it. So we go to the Walt Disney World Village Shopping District. Yes. It's glory days. Yes. Yes. All right. So where was this? I didn't know where this was. This is where downtown Disney is now. Okay. Disney Springs. Uh, Disney Springs. My bad. Yes. Disney Springs. So like a lot of these buildings are still there, like the, the bones of them, but they're totally. That's like near the different. Lego store, I think is where they are now in this. Yeah. Shop. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the big the big building is the Pottery Chalet. It beckons. Um, boats are still, you know, they still had boats. Like they had a marina, uh, boats going around the village lake. There, the Empress Lily is there. Uh, it was a really chill venue as they get across with all this, all the people, all the swanky people. Uh, Colleen is showing off close to the girls, and they're being snippy to each other and making faces. And like ripping clothes away from each other, and they're squaring off like they're about to punch each other. It's, they're like getting hostile. Uh, uh, I love how they have like the clothes on like basic metal racks, like out on the sidewalk. Of course, that's pretty good. So this store, the store they're shopping at, is uh, was called Miss Merrily's Fashions. Uh, <laughs> originally called Miss Merrily's Madness when it opened in what? 75. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I looked up a description. I looked up a description of the store uh, from the time. It said it was a celebration of the saucy, sassy, silly, sophisticated styles of the junior miss, which I think oh, they get across my. quite nicely. Wow, yeah. yeah. Saucy, sassy, silly. Makes makes sense. Uh, got now. some nice wood paneling. Got those oct- octagonal windows. It's really nice. So uh, two of the older girls, Lisa and Allison, uh, are standing there looking at clothes, and uh, then they start creeping on some guy. Uh, oh, double fox. Yeah, double fox. Uh, oh boy. Who's at, how old do you think this guy is? At least forty five. At least I thought. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> In his 30s, at at best. At least in his 30s. his 30s, yeah. His hair looks like one of those, uh, like, uh, AT-AT driver helmets. (laughs) (laughs) So intense. 70s, man. Such intense helmet hair. Yes, very much. And, like, totally, like, producted into place. Like, totally hairsprayed into place. He's wearing his, like, upsetting, like, little white tennis shorts. Yes, yes. Uh, so tennis, he's sitting there. Tennis. They tennis have tennis again. there. Tennis. It's a big deal back in the So uh, Lisa's there. like, oh, look at that. Now that's a fox. Double fox. And the other girl's like, uh-uh, that's a double fox. And they decide to get a closer look. So sexy music starts playing. They go uh, over to creep on him. 
Problematic. This this lie. So problematic. This lie. This is the time when I I the the first time I watched this, I remember, like Andy said, like jaw being on the floor a lot up to this point. But this was really <laughs> the point where it's like, what is happening to me right now? Yes. My wife was behind me, and I think she was either sweeping the floor or mopping or something, and she she literally stopped. She's like, she dropped oh my the mop. god, <laughs> she dropped the mop, and she was like, how old is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> she's kind of watching on the side of her eyes as she's working. Yeah. Hey, don't worry, honey. Go back to your work. It's, it's a, it's I don't a, it's know, podcast, honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm watching my stories. It's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, the nice 70s Mouseketeers Lolita remake. So, uh, you know, they're asking them if their dresses look right for them. And then they realize in their little back and forth they, that they are friends. Well, no, so which, creeping you know, brings them together. It's the right. line, though. You, got, you missed the line. She's like, we're friends. We wear each other's clothes a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, they're just like, ugh. But, I mean, <laughs> they're competing for this guy, and somehow that brings about their reconciliation. It doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> yeah. That makes no sense. Even if it wasn't creepy, it makes no sense. That's why I put my notes. like, why does getting shot down by an older guy make them want to be friends again (laughs) we're friends i just said it so wait we are friends this is where we need a female opinion i would love to have a female opinion about this part right here (laughs) yeah maybe this is a thing maybe we just don't understand (laughs) yeah very true we need a female from the 70s we need to bring we need to bring jennifer on let her yes oh i would love to hear jennifer Talk about this. How do you oh, catch your yes. eye rolling on audio? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's just the combo of like what's going on and like the sexy like saxophone lick. Yes. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Oh, boy. And uh, yeah, so he gets called away. You know, they're creeping on him, but sexy tennis lady calls him away and he's like, uh, To play tennis. Hey, do you guys know if they tennis. have tennis at Disney World? Yeah. Know? <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> they get they like smooch and walk away and the girls are like bummed out but then they make up colleen like watches them make up and everybody's sorry crash for and burn jerks. huh maverick <laughs> so yeah i mean <laughs> slider you stink here's my second question about not making any sense in this context all of a sudden colleen is like all about bringing the reconciliation but didn't she want the scoop of them arguing? Yeah, like, a scoop of the all- year. Yeah, she's right. blowing the story of the year all yeah. because of emotions. It's a shame. Mm. I'm surprised she didn't come out because when they're picking out the clothes, they're like, "Oh, I love it. I hate it." She's like, "Well, I'm going to go try it on anyway." So I love her coming out in some like junior miss outfit or whatever. Twenty three. Hey, girls. Hey, tennis. Hey, super fox. Double fox. So. Uh, you know, Colleen's on their side now. So back in the Magic Kingdom, the boys are swerving around the Grand Prix race. Yes, Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, with Skyway overhead. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't know if you noticed, but they're going backwards. No, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, they're going backwards as huh. from where you would normally go. Because uh, they come around, um, yeah, where you would like be going towards Space Mountain, they're coming from it. Huh. And they cross a fake finish line while a group of randos are just standing there in the grass cheering. Like the girls are waving a checkered flag and they're just sort of random people just standing around in the grass that cheer. 
And then they just jump out of their cars in the middle of the yeah. speedway. Just walk off. And they just leave. <laughs> just leave them there. And leave them. Yeah. Well, I got a question for I got a question for the historian here. So I read that these were the Mark Seven cars. Are those? Oh wow! Are, are these now the, that I don't know? Because I don't, they look like the same ones they have now. I was going to ask if they have, have they never retired those. Have they, I don't. Have they just been I don't on? remember them ever changing them. I think no. they're the I same know. ones. I think they just repainted them. Yeah, because I was I, yeah. I was trying to find something. There's been a lot of variations at the Disneyland track. Yeah, but they have pretty much left the, the Disney World one untouched. They've shortened it considerably over the years. But yeah, I think the I think the cars are are, are the same mark. I think they called it the Mark Sevens on the, on the on the web page I was reading about them on. But yeah, crazy. Oh, that's interesting. Those, those cars have some serious miles on them now. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, I remember when they changed the Disneyland ones, uh, but I don't think they've ever changed them down here because they seem to be the same old, same old, same old two, from like when we were kids. Two stroke engines and just. <laughs> yeah, I mean if they keep they keep going. Just leave them out in the middle of the racetrack. And walk off. Leave them out. Leave them out. And leave them out. They'll, they'll do fine. Mister Brown loses the race, of course, because he's a loser. So I've also Big put loser. here on a note that there's like these a lot of like, like all these weird overdub like plugins all through this the episode. And like yes. there's one here like they're getting up out of their car and then you like you hear this like weird overdub. It's oh, Mister Brown, and that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what. <laughs> Yeah, the dubbing is intense. <laughs> yeah, in well, because I mean, I mean, I'm sure it was super, super. I mean, it is super noisy out there. Yeah, but yeah, the the effort to do successful dubbing was not uh, was not made. I don't think mm-hmm. there are some good drops. So Colleen shows up and tells Mister Brown she discovered that the girls are, after all, good friends. Mister Brown claims to have thrown the car race to help the kids come together. I don't know how that works. I'm not sure what the logic is there, uh, but he thanks her for helping out. It says the last part of the plan is in Mindy's hands. So then he and her just go walking off down the speedway, sure, <laughs> into the sunset. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, very confusing. Why? Yeah. Yes. Why? Yeah. None Why? of it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot's of very confusing. The, something that that really got me though was I noticed where are the crowds? Where are all the people? It's just like these people, these musketeers have free reign of the entire place. It seems. Well, let me tell you, back in the day, it was like that. No like way. if you see like vintage pictures of the park from like even really from before Fast Pass, it was like that because everybody was like standing in line, you know, for stuff. They mm. weren't like. It wasn't crammed wall to wall with people. Wow. It was a different, a different time. Well, I think it was a lot more seasonal. Like in the summer it would be packed and then it wouldn't be packed at all during school times. Now people, you know, skip school and come and pack it. Yeah. yeah, That's very true. Yeah. Like even when we were like teenagers, there was still an off season when you could go Yeah, and it would be really slow. Good times, man. So we're back at the contemporary pool, and one of the girls gets a phone call from Mindy, <laughs> who's playing sick with her ice ice pack. She's got Mr. Brown's ice pack. And uh, she asks the girl to bring her some candy. So Mindy's in bed with her ice pack, and she's calling everyone and asking them to bring her stuff. What's up with the poolside is, phone that she has? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought about that, too. Contemporary, She's, man. like, sitting at the pool, and the phone's ringing next to her. Every luxury you need oh, is there. Man. And so I wish like a guy had brought it to her, like your phone, your call, madame. 
<laughs> on a silver Full platter. <laughs> they also do a lot in this episode of like calling people on the on the like PA system, which is something they never do. Right, right. But Mr. Brown to the front desk, please. So uh, anyway, out on the tennis court, sporty tennis girls uh, hitting the ball back to the machine. She's playing tennis alone. Tennis. When she gets paged over the PA system <laughs> and uh, is distracted and gets hit in the head by a ball. And I guess she's supposed to be the clumsy one. I guess that's what because she's the one who like kills Mr. Brown with her tennis racket. Anyway, so then there's another like half-hearted joke where the machine starts putting out tennis balls super fast. As she like runs off the court. Make any sense? No, stupid. It's like kind (laughs) of a joke, right? I just like to imagine all the PAs they had there, just like throwing tennis balls at her from like off screen, from different directions. Did you notice that the the ball came from a different direction (laughs) than where? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So she just kind of half-heartedly runs away. So anyway, in Mindy's room, Mindy's playing sick. The girls show up and they give each other the stink eye. And start yelling at each other. And then the yelling turns to laughing and they realize they're all good friends. Uh, Instantly. Cookies and ice cream and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, they're instantly good friends. Which Because they're uh, friends? We're <laughs> Yes, we're friends. I think they're just <laughs> bipolar. Uh, but they're, they're about to leave and go play tennis again. Uh, and Mindy pops out of bed and says, they got to meet Mr. Brown at the park. And the other girl's like, oh, you've had a miraculous recovery. And she has another amazing line read. This looks like a miraculous recovery. Cookies, candy, and ice cream will do it every time. Oh, Mindy. Rough Brady Bunch. (laughs) Yes. Like sub Brady Bunch. So they they affectionately like try and smother her with a pillow, which I thought was fun. So everybody reunites at the stockade in Liberty Square, which, which I thought <laughs> like was yeah, fun sure. framing. Everyone meets, and up. they say everybody's there besides Pop and Todd. So everybody splits up to find Pop and Todd. Turns out. Pop's breaking in line for Space Mountain. That's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's an objectable offense, isn't it? Yeah, that's. Again, an odd thing to have them do, but that's fine. So he cuts in line up to load where Todd's getting in, and he's mad. You mean I got to ride with this turkey? Yes, <laughs> I got to ride with this turkey. <laughs> my nose. And he didn't just cut cut in line. I mean, he's like drunkenly like walking and running Out of into my people. Way. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, stand aside. <laughs> just kind of like sidling by people. Uh, yeah. So Todd's like, you're the one who's cutting in line. And Pop's like, you shut up. Shut up. Which again, again, great look. What's the outfit that the cast member's wearing? Yeah. That was pretty That's real. That's real. Yeah. Like when every, like, cast member was, like, 70-pound, like, somebody they imported from somewhere uh <laughs> 70s scandinavian 70s people yeah hit as your ride um, have fun the old space mountain cars yes good times i had that down yeesh like that looks really yeah. awkward and uncomfortable very awkward <laughs> especially when you get to ride with a turkey like that yeah yeah you gotta love the uh synthesizer music during the or synthesizer effects more than music on the uh, ride footage. 
Yeah. What, what's with the rando couple in the ride footage? Like it's they don't show Pop and Todd. They show like this. So like, that's just the role that they had that they would show in their videos, like the vacation videos. Right? Okay. Yeah. With yeah. yeah, you would see that with Steve because I remember the bad guys like got Steve on his jersey. So, <laughs> so I always wonder what Steve's up to Steve. these days. Hey, I'm Steve. Hey, I like Spitzman. But yeah, it's just they're like. <laughs> Their go-to B-roll. They don't ever show the kids riding. Which I guess so it was guess brutal enough to film in there that they didn't want to ever yeah, do it Yeah, they'd have to do it again. Exactly. They used that forever. I mean, even when it was way out of date, they used yeah, that. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, super 70s people. So outside under the old Space Mountain marquee, which is awesome, the astronauts. Yes. In yes. their bobsled. Uh, the gang is gathering. Uh, Kelly, Kelly, who's the tennis girl, she has another mishap. She's clumsy. She sticks a giant lollipop to Mr. Brown's shirt. Wow. Wow. He's a loser. She's clumsy. And then Pop and Todd show up. They're friends now, apparently. Space Mountain heals all wounds. And uh, Mr. Brown gives a speech about how proud he is about them. They worked about out their them, problems you know. on their own. Yeah. And he says they're about to head off to Fort Wilderness for a camp out. And uh, so they're excited. Clean takes Mr. Brown for a ride on the Skyway. Sky ride. Oh, yes. She calls it the, on the Sky Ride. She yeah. She calls it the Sky, sky ride. ride. Yeah. She's like, well, you we could ride the teacups. And like, teacups are for kids. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they go up the exit stairway to the Tomorrowland yes. Skyway station. And it's clearly, they, they don't even try to. You know, hide like, that. people like are pouring out and they there. just like go against the crowd. Right. Uh, man, I miss the Skyway, though. Oh, I know. Was that your, what, that your, your gig, Jeff? That was my first gig at Disney World, working uh, that ride. And it gets heavy, heavy uh, mention in this movie. Heavy footage. Yeah. It's uh, it in there like, three times at least. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Get a nice shot of the 20,000 Leagues Lagoon. Yes. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. So now we're at Fort Wilderness. Ah, uh, get yes. a great oh. shot of the Fort Wilderness Railroad yes. as we arrive. That was like, like – I was – texting you guys while i was watching it the first time and that's when it, I, I, I think i texted you yes it finally got good i saw, I saw the train the fort wilderness train yeah nice shot of that and that van hey. that van is nice oh that man is, yeah they're all in this uh, this four jump out van, van. <laughs> it is something else yeah with like all their stuff piled up on top, hanging off yeah. the off the rear view mirror, like they had like a, a backpack or the side view mirror. They had like this backpack hanging on the side view mirror and this rope, like a random rope tied to the the handle on the door. Like <laughs> whoever was doing props and set dressing was really phoning it in. <laughs> well, I have no doubt of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's that can be assumed for most anybody involved in this thing. Uh, before Wilderness looks great. Yes. Yes, it does. We see a lot of the original facilities. There's an old playground that's like way fancier than I would have guessed a playground would have been at and that time. Yeah, and it's given like a serious shot where they like drive around it. It's like really long for Yeah. Yeah. It's like weird like level of documentation. They drive by I can't figure out they drive by an old cannon and I can't figure out where that's supposed to be. Hmm. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah. just little little bits of the fort. Uh, so the kids unload from the giant van and start to set up camp. Uh, Kelly, who's always trying to kill Mr. Brown, uh, <laughs> dumps all their luggage off the top of the van on his head. So, so again, clumsy. he's a loser. She's clumsy. He's a loser. Why is Miss Osborne with them? 
I mean, she hops out with like a cowboy hat on. And she's like, yeah, I guess she's just and hanging around all the time it's now. It's not just a cowboy hat. She's like in a nudie suit kind of <laughs> deal. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. it's. I mean, I like the country got, western nudie suit. not the, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Contemporary. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, she, you know, kind of tries to start weaseling her way in here. Yeah. She uh she played nice with the burying the story of the year. Maybe this is so undercover journalism. Access. Yeah. yeah, she's getting. Yeah, in she's deep. embedded, deeply embedded. Yeah, <laughs> embedded with the Musketeers. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the two smallest kids say they don't have anything to do, and they decide that makes them the bosses, which is a joke. Uh, and uh, so we get a camping montage set to whistle while you work. And I have here in my notes. Whistle while you work remix feels like a bad up with people rendition. <laughs> brutal, oh, brutal. <laughs> it's rough. Brutal. We do see some scenes of the old petting zoo area, the old horse barn, yep. some other parts of Fort Wilderness. So, but I mean, let me ask you guys this though: Do people really camp in Florida oh, at yes. Disney World? Oh in, like, yes, they do. They do in the friend. summer, <laughs> on <Yeah>. sand? <laughs> no, not on. Not on the sand. That's they're on the beach. Not on the sand. They're camping out on the beach. They have them camp on, camping on the beach. But no, they do. They do indeed. And wow. I can't imagine, but they do. Uh, so they're almost done setting up. And uh, Nita, who is like the little one, asked Mr. Brown why she doesn't have anything to do. And apparently the last thing that needs to be done is to have some random rope tied off to something really solid. Like a hundred yards of gives rope. to her to do. So yeah, he gives her like this really long, loose rope. That's like and, hemp, serious hemp rope or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And for some reason she passes like a ton of trees, got like walks through the forest and finds an RV that she ties the rope to like the back bumper of the RV. How about that? Yeah. Knot she, she ties. Yeah. That's, that's some like real pioneer craft. Uh, so she goes back to camp and they give her a second rope. It's she does the exact same thing with which they I tell her to sell. They, they tell her to tie it to the same thing. Yeah. Tie it to the same thing. So she goes back through the forest, ties it back to the RV. And I love that they're, they're like loose, like the rope. It's not like right. taut or anything. <laughs> no, no, it's no. just like loosely tied. So anyway, back on the beach, Mr. Brown and cleaner stargazing and he's dropping facts about the Hercules 13 galaxy. Yeah. And, yeah. Colin, they have a, weird i can't tell if that was like an intentional joke or just about a pronunciation of her name or just weird. something she randomly said because it's not an actual joke Ugh. 
as with many other things. Maybe it's just improv, good improv from Colin. Yeah, I, th- I wondered if it was improv. Like, because <laughs> a couple of times they have like a joke about how he pronounces things. Like one time he's talking about their schedule and they're like, schedule. Yeah, what was that about? I don't know. I can't tell if that was supposed to be a running gag or just. I don't know. There's unanswered questions. Mr. Brown. Mr. Brown. Lisa, call us and tell us what was scripted. Uh, So, yeah, there's a wig gag about him mispronouncing her name, and she's, like, coming on to him, and he's, like, she's trying to make out with him, and he's, like, making notes about, like, astronomy. And uh, so it's all sort of inappropriate. And then out of the dark, Mr. Harrison appears in his suit. To berate Mr. Brown for goofing off. And who is this guy? Like who? Like, and what's he doing wandering around Fort Wilderness in the middle of the night? In a suit. In a suit. It's like in it's black. Suit. <laughs> like they're out on the beach and it's pitch black, and he just comes out of the darkness in his suit and to yell at Mr. Brown, and then he like disappears into the night. He is also really bad at acting. Really bad at acting. Yes. I just like imagine them being like, and action. Cause like when he walks out, it's so awkward and bad. <laughs> he just kind of like struts. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he'd, ha- he'd probably had like a pitcher of martinis and like a, <laughs> like a 90 ounce steak or something before the shot. So he was feeling kind of rough. There was trailer. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's a great line where Colleen or Colleen, whatever. Colleen. She's like, where does he live? Fantasyland? And then oh. whistles in Mr. Brown's yes, ear. I had this- that. Oh, so weird. <laughs> Starts whistling in Mr. Brown's ear. And he's like, ah. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. Phew. <laughs> yeah. Weird. So around the campfire, Lisa's strumming the guitar and singing a song. Come on. Jeff, what do you think about this song? Man, I don't even know. I, at this point, it's just, I, it was nice to have like a moment to take a breath. So I didn't, uh, it's, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. It's just another baffling moment, but I was glad that been after like the whistling. Custom, yes. More whistling. It, uh, I, this must've been a custom song. Cause I tried to look it up, see if it was like a, like a folk song from the time or something. Yeah, I've never find heard no it. evidence that it existed. Give us, give us a call. It also Lisa. seems, it seems like a, uh, a song that they're like, write a song like blank. And that's what gets yes. out of it. It's very, <laughs> yes. Here's a real Jim Croce. Yeah. <laughs> Is Lisa playing the guitar here? I thought she was maybe. Oh, I didn't even think to like, it was, yeah. I mean, it was, it wasn't like fancy or anything. Right. Yeah. Probably. They're highlighting the talent of these talented children. Yeah. 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 So the kids go to bed and Mr. Brown and Colleen sit by the fire to have some coffee from their giant coffee pot. But all is not well because in the middle of the night, uh, the RV decides to leave for some reason. (laughs) And the RV, which has like just married on the back, which I like, uh, it decides to leave. So you hear an engine start in the distance and then the tents are just like pulled away. That's the best shot of the whole, the whole thing. When those tents get pulled away, like instantly after it's like, and then they're gone. It's it's really incredible. Uh, Nita, come on. Uh, I love, like, I, again, I just wonder, like, 
did they have people off screen like a dozen people with like the ropes to pull them off or you know (laughs) like three two one go with those exact same ropes because they were 100 feet long (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so the kids freak out and are screaming and like then they turn on nita and it is ugly yeah they really let nita have it i mean yeah she deserved it that's stupid she got what was coming to her (laughs) yep can't you do anything right nita uh, Linebreaker Pop, who I think has no room to talk, asks, <laughs> what kind of scrambled brain idiot are you? Oh, that was nice. Oh, no. So, yeah. so they're like in her face and like shoving her around and like it is ugly. And Mr. Brown's just like, whatever. He's like, he's not like getting in the middle of this. <laughs> no, he's just yeah. like, lets it happen. Kids will then, be Then uh, the pool girl, the pool telephone girl is like, you ruined our camping trip. And there's a great tragic music cue. Oh, it's like real high drama music cue there. Yes. It is ultimate that. go to commercial orchestra <laughs> <Yes>. thing. <laughs> so like this family fun family special like goes to commercial on Nita's sobbing face and this like orchestral dun 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 like Betty Crocker presents. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, that's what I imagine that they cut the commercial. It's this Disney World commercial. Like, no, it's yeah. this upbeat. <laughs> now more than ever, Disney World, fun for the whole family. Right. So yeah, I just can't get over like how uh, how ugly like that. They're just their faces. They're just oh, like man. hateful, hateful children. So the next day, the contemporary Nita is missing. And we have perhaps (laughs) the best moment of acting in history. This guy. You think the uh, the age the the head honcho white suit guy was good? This guy, Mr. Harrison. Yeah, we got security guard Walt Disney World security guard, who I'm sure was a Walt Disney World security guard. There's no No doubt doubt in my mind. No question. Yeah. Tells Mr. Brown, we have a team of rangers searching the wilderness area right now. It's 7,500 acres of swamp out there. But that was so and much better than it actually was. I have to- we have a team of rangers searching the wilderness area right now. It's 7,500 acres of swamp out there. Boy, I hope she didn't go in there. Yeah, yeah. you delivered it better than he did. The shaking of the walkie-talkie in his left hand, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a bold choice. <laughs> yeah. But I love Mr. Brown's reaction is, boy, I hope she didn't go in there. Oh, <laughs> I got 35 acres of swamp out there. Acres of swamp out there. Boy, I hope she didn't go in there. Like, <laughs> Mr. Brown, you're not good at your job. Tilt. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Brown should have intervened long ago. Yeah. Before it got to this point. Yeah. Let and me it, just and say. And it's schedule, not schedule. Yeah. And Colleen, not Colleen. Yeah. <laughs> So the kids are wondering why she ran away. Yeah, the musketeers are kind of dense. I mean, <laughs> yeah, mean and dense, mean and dense. Yes, uh, don't they? Don't before deciding. And you know, I just keep thinking about like they talk about like kids today, and everybody has like be nice and stuff. This would not, just how poorly this would all go over. Uh, like, let's show kids how to treat each other by being horrible and like violent. It's just ridiculous. Musketeers don't yeah. like to be disappointed, man. No, they do not. So they decide to go search the theme park for her. Uh, Mr. Brown says they should go to their rooms. And uh, then he has a dramatic showdown with Lisa about how they're not going to go without her. She's uh, Lisa's like, 
acting. There's some serious acting here. Like Mr. Brown. Call us, Lisa. We do not go without. We do not leave a man behind, Mr. Brown. (laughs) Especially in the swamp. Yeah. There's it's like some weird like uh framing of their argument, but there's just like this silent moment of Mr. Brown, we do not leave our people behind. (laughs) And so the you ruined our vacation girl pretends to be sorry, but I'm not buying it. Anyway, uh, out in the completely abandoned Magic Kingdom, yes, uh, Nita's wandering around alone in Fantasyland, and she passes out. Fantasyland is looking nice. Fantasyland looking good, yeah, yeah. Uh, she passes out next to the like the Cinderella fountain there, blackout drunk. <laughs> yeah, <wander around>. <laughs> <laughs> like hobo of the Magic Kingdom. She's walked from Fort Wilderness through the woods, <laughs> yeah, magic through the swamp. All night. <laughs> She's no net again. Right. Not at all. Uh, so she has a dream that she's in bed with one of the other girls who's reading her storybook about the invention of polka in Heidelberg. Oh, my God. This part. Oh, geez. Yeah. <laughs> this is where, I mean, this show's taken many turns already. This is. This went this to the next level. Yeah. This is a dream that you would have if you were really sad. Right? Yeah. <laughs> all the time. Having a, having a heat stroke. She's blackout drunk. This is a drunk dream. <laughs> and again, we want to talk about dubbing. The dubbing of the other girl who's reading her the story about the polka yeah. is many years ago in Heidelberg, the polka was invented. And it's like presented as she's like a mother figure to her and she's reading it in the bed. It's like that is confusing too. Yes. Yes. Why does Winnie the Pooh look so weird? Oh, so this was the old Winnie the Pooh costume, which was weird. Yes, because he had um, that's the Pooh that ran for president. Yeah, the Pooh that ran for president. Uh, first, like I don't know, the characters all used to be like really, really short. Like Donald, like when I was like eight years old, Donald was shorter than me, and like Pooh had like a a lame arm. Like it wasn't an actual person's <laughs> arm in the oh, in the boy. arm. <laughs> And instead they, they had the arm in the face. So they would do like make his mouth like move in a weird way is really kind of upsetting. Yeah. Uh, so this, uh, this story time turns into a polka musical number about Winnie the Pooh, which makes sense. Uh, later hosen and all. And I like how the whole thing's shot in like dream filter. So, So, you know, it's a dream. I have a theory about this. And I'm wondering what you all think about this. I wonder if, so this was shot on the soundstage. This is probably the only thing that is, right? Yeah. Because all the other stuff is like in real hotel rooms or offices or whatever. I wonder, did they have this set up for something else? And then they're like, oh, we can only use it for, for like a snow scene in Scandinavia or like Germany. Maybe we should work. That's a good point. It could be. Because it, it seems be. like a pretty nice set. And I can't imagine this having the budget for that. I don't know. It's such a scene change. I cannot figure out why that would be where they go with it. That's a good question. Yeah. I felt like they made maybe they shot this in LA too. Like, I mean Yeah. Oh, I'm sure they did. Sorry, sure we only did. got the uh, German winter stage. We can't take it down. <laughs> you gotta what? be fast. Gotta, in and out. In and out. Shoot on what we got standing. Yeah, with the Alps background. Come up with something that works for this. 
We'll do a Winnie the Pooh polka musical number. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get Pooh in there. He's take our president. British bear and make a polka number. Yeah. And so they have a whole polka <laughs> number, and it's which is extremely similar to the River Country song, by the way. Almost exactly yeah, like kind it. Of. Tom Adair phoning it in. <laughs> so uh, when she wakes up from her fever dream, Pooh is there in reality, standing over her, getting in her face. Terrifying. Uh, terrifying. Um, <laughs> she sees the other kids looking for her. She takes off and Pooh covers for her, yeah. which I thought was funny. Pooh's like, I ain't seen nothing. <laughs> That's a very Tigger thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pooh's no narc. <laughs> I loved, I loved the Poo. running away wah pedal music though. That was so sad. Oh, oh yeah. Yes. This is the best long, music of the whole long thing. Long overdue. Long overdue. So Waka Chicka Waka music kicks in. She's all over the place. We see the Fantasyland Skyway Station, Skyway. the old flower market in Center Street. She's like hitting all the extinct sites. It's yeah, good right. stuff. Uh, more Skyway footage. And it's Waka Chicka Waka all the way down with I mean, this. Yeah. The boat part, man. I mean, she's speeding across that water. I mean, this is like a James Bond thing. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm loving yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Thunder totally. in Paradise. There's like a montage of the kids like bothering tourists as they look for. I don't know. On one scene on Main Street, I think it's Lisa, about knocks this old man over. And then she kind of like turns around. She's like, oh, oh, my bad. My bad. I wonder if that was a real uh, person. That's what I thought. Just in the background. It's got to, it had to be real people. He's like, ah, damn were. kids. Uh, so back at the hotel, uh, Mr. Harrison's there. Yes. He's bawling out Mr. Brown about losing all the kids. It's so bad. Like, what's Mr. Brown doing in the hotel? <laughs> Yeah, Mr. Brown, again, negligent. Tilt. Uh, Mr. Harrison says, if you don't have those kids on stage in 10 minutes, you can turn in your clipboard. Well, His I mean, acting cue here is so, you, you mentioned earlier the whole and action, and he just walks. They, they edit this so poorly. He's just standing there, and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, oh we're rolling. And he right. starts walking. Yeah. He's like, yeah. what? And he walks in. He's completely like, tanked. <laughs> like, and go. Too many monorail reds. There's another mystery, good Mr. Brown line where Mr. Brown's like, well, that's just fine. <laughs> so like, I don't know why I'm obsessed with like the reaction, like lines <laughs> from these. Oh, that's just fine. But I mean, so, it's not going to happen in 10 minutes, dude. No, like you can't even get from the hotel <laughs> to the stage in 10 minutes, even if they were there immediately. Get in your clipboard. Yeah. Uh, the clipboard. 
you know, has always been present. So we learned that it's a cherished artifact. <laughs> so the whole the whole water sprite scene, like where she's on the the motorboat, Andy was talking about, it's like James yeah. Bond. It felt like they were like, oh, we haven't gone to Discovery Island yet. We we got to get over there yeah. somehow. I oh, just tell Nita to get on a boat and ride over there and then run through it and then run out again. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> stop and talk to some birds for a bit. And talk to some birds for a minute and leave. <laughs> so yeah, so we cut. Uh, she's at the Fort Wilderness Marina and she jacks a water sprite. So they have another chase with the Waka Chicka Waka, and she uh, zooms past the old shipwreck that's there at Discovery Island, and then she beaches. I gotta admit, I love the idea of just being able to beach your water sprite yeah, wherever you want. Slick. Yeah, and nice. like bail out. Jeff and I like tried as that a once. kid, like I always wanted to do that. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. And yeah. and beyond. As a kid and beyond. Uh Robert and I did that one time. <laughs> Jeff and I did it. <laughs> not, really? Not, yeah. not not intentionally though. <laughs> and not successfully. And not successfully. <laughs> Where was that? Oh, that this is, yeah, tell this story. This sounds good. It was around uh nineteen ninety one, ninety. Yeah, we're headed out of the Polynesian yeah. and right around where you enter in that channel to go to the water bridge. I beached my uh, water spray. I don't know what. Were we just oh, no. like. Well, you were like, I remember I, I remember it very distinctly. Like You were like, follow me. Don't don't get in front of me. And like I, so I was like right behind oh. you. And like, well, first of all, we were nervous because we didn't we don't know if we were also, if we were allowed to go across the water bridge. But like, no one was like saying anything. Oh, yeah, like, so we were going to go single file across the water bridge. So I decided right. I was like going to go up next to you and and, and 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 so I could talk to you as we went across. So I pulled up next to you and it freaked you out. You're like, oh crap! And you floor it. Like, I don't know why. And you go ram it up onto these rocks. Oh no! I never heard this. Oh, I thought you. So like, then, I, yeah, it scared me to, I, to death. It, it was very scary for us. But then, uh, that's what I was going to say. This is not realistic because uh, with, when we did that, uh, the motor got like pulled up out of the water. So every time I would like put on the accelerator, the boat would just kind of go straight up in the air. Oh, yeah, you, the trim, the trim on the motor got messed up. So like the the prop was pointing too far up. So whenever he he gun it, it would like the, the the nose would go straight up in the air. Oh yeah, okay, I gotcha. So Jeff like wow. like, like, like crawls back to the Polynesian and like oh, everything's fine. That's oh, great. Like it ditches the ditches the broken water sprite. Oh man, that story got buried deep. That was top classified. That was top classified. We were mortified. Because you were never speak of this again. Yeah, you were too yeah. young to be out there. Like I, th- I think maybe I was. Yeah, just I was ro- too yeah, you young were, to be out there. And your mom like lied for you, which I thought was really cool. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like are these boys twelve? Sure they are. <laughs> yeah, he's not gonna do anything. He's a good kid. I was like, oh, Mary, that's Mary's the, on the, that's on, the she's theme on the of the night is mothers, mothers endangering their children on the sly. <laughs> Dad would never have gone for that scheme. No, he wouldn't have. Um, no, yeah, I was. <laughs> I was trying to be responsible, and yet your your knuckleheaded and friend. And the no wake zone, even that's a no wake zone. Man. I guess I didn't know which one was the break and which one was the throttle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Oh man, that is Freaky Friday yeah. level shenanigans right there. Great. Uh, so neat. Yeah. I, I had always wanted to be able to like, Oh, well, I want to go on this Island. I'll just beach my water Sprite and go mess around. <laughs> so she does. She's still got her life preserver on, which I think is nice and safe. 
she stops to talk to a couple of parrots, which is weird. I like how she asks one to roll over, <laughs> which I don't know if that's the thing that birds do. I don't know. Or if they told her to say that. But she's like, roll over. Um, she's talking to the birds. The other kids show up. She takes off again, gets back on the boat, and it cuts to the marketplace. Which I don't know if she was supposed to take her boat all the way down to the marketplace or what. But when they show like the water sprites there, so I guess you're supposed to think that like it's all connected. It's all connected, yeah. And so we cut to her sobbing as she looks at a poster advertising the Mouseketeers' performance, and we hear them singing the uh, Mickey Mouse Club song in sort of a ghostly voiceover while she cries, which is fun. And uh, then (laughs) Colleen shows up and asks her why she ran away. And she says, ah, because they think I'm stupid and dumb. And Colleen gives her a pep talk and says, it's (laughs) all been forgotten. And it's almost showtime. Colleen's creeping, man. She's always like, yeah, super creeping, super creeping. So we cut to through the magic of television, the kids performing in front of Cinderella castle. And, Canned applause and cheering as they do some very 70s numbers. And uh, they sing us out to credits. Nita's in this like peasant attire and everybody else is in there like super polyester. And it's a real performance that they did. Oh, yeah. I just wonder. Like people were flash photography going off. I see. Yeah. yeah. Like what were people thinking about her like, you know, canvas outfit and everybody else is in there. (laughs) That's weird. (laughs) How come that one there in the middle ain't got the regular outfit on? <laughs> yeah, but those those kids are like really deep emotional reaction to this uh, shock and awe, you know, to the Mouseketeers. They were. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah like really the audience, it, they've yeah. got like a packed crowd there in the hub there. Right. In front of the castle. And the kids are like into it. I also wondered why they've got like the boys on one side and the girls on the other, but they make Nita stand with the boys. I don't know whether it's because she was dressed like a peasant or what, <laughs> so, but she had to stand with the boys. Yeah, Michael, you you have to do a reality tour once the parks open back up. You need to go back in and <laughs> visit the site, visit all the sites, and get pictures of you know, what they look like today. <laughs> we'll have like a uh, like a television in the van with like a tape that plays with like Lisa giving like a comment, like greetings. Like I bet Hi. you could uh, get one of those vans for cheap now. So, uh, yeah, there's some weird shenanigans on the stage. Uh, Lisa's sitting in some dude's lap and he kind of gooses her. She slapped yeah. his hand. That was so weird. Problematic. <laughs> Problematic. That was weird. Uh, so anyway, it's, it's a 70s finale and they sing us out and it's the end. Friends, It was exhausting that movie that whatever that was i don't know what i don't want to call it a movie it's not good enough to be a movie <laughs> yeah i didn't know what to call it either like episode was. or it's a television special television, television special yeah. or it was funny like i was trying to find stuff uh, there's not a lot about it online but i wonder why 
stuff about the Musketeers, and they're like, they filmed a television movie. And I'm like, that seems like an overstatement to call yes. it a television movie. Yes. Like a TV movie. The it's, budget was very low. Very low. Yeah. Um, what'd you think, guys? Andy? Did you like it? No. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that might have been the worst thing I think I've ever seen. <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, no, no. I mean, I've watched, you know, this the movie, the, the Room with Tommy Wiseau and all that. So they say it's the worst movie that's ever been made. This is, this tops it. Well, that's what they need. I kind of felt like it, it, it did the whole thing. Like they were saying that it's so bad that it comes full circle and starts getting good again. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's kind of yeah. how I felt about it. Like it wasn't, but for, for me, it was more like the nostalgia, the scene, like these these areas that were gone, or, or like how it was, yeah. you know, in the first decade of the park's existence. Um, so, I mean, I, I like that angle, but but the story was just miserably bad. You're right. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah. yeah, that angle is good. Like the, from a historical aspect, just the stuff you see is good. But it it is, I mean, one of those things where, like, I don't think it's boring. But it is it's so bad that it like transcends badness and goes back to being like entertaining because it is just, it's just like so mean spirited and yeah. just awful. So Lisa, <laughs> it's just like, who thought that any of this was a good <laughs> idea? Yeah. I can't imagine the pitch meeting for that. Of like we're introducing the mas- Musketeers. They're all going to get in fight and the whole thing is going to be their fight. At the end they get along, but mostly it's going to be them fighting. And yeah, yeah. talking about how much they hate each other. Yeah. Jive I mean, turkeys. Uh, I'm just all in for that tent pole, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> sign me up for that. I need a gif of that for, uh, for my life. It's so good. Such a good scene. <laughs> well, They're on to their next location. Yeah. Any other final thoughts before we, uh, wrap this thing up? Oh, now I just can't wait to do Christmas at Walt Disney World someday. We really have to follow it up with that at some point. Because this is only a... Because if Andy thinks I mean, this, this is, is, only is the an worst... Appetizer. Yeah. If Andy thinks this is the worst thing he's ever seen. <laughs> oh, my God. What? You're not really convincing me to watch this next one. <laughs> <laughs> you got to um, see what's beyond that. You got to see what the I guess I is. have to. It's like a train wreck. It's you just can't look away. The undiscovered country. Yeah. It is truly horrifying. It's turning into a cruel experiment on Andy now. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of like a mystery science theater now. <laughs> yeah. Build some robots. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, that wraps up that special and it was special. special this is, special. This is fun doing this, uh, non movie thing, a summer schedule. We're going to do, uh, a couple of episodes a month and we have some surprises coming for you. Uh, next episode, we, uh, will enter the bizarro world and, uh, take a deep look at a faraway land. Mm. Intrigue. Nice little teaser there. It's and it's yep. far away. Very far. Very far. Not far, far Not away. Not far, far, no. but pretty far. Yeah. It's pretty far. Far. So stay tuned for that. It will be entertaining, at least for us. Uh if not anybody else. I hope so. I guess. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh I might be most excited about it than anything we've ever done. Um Anyway, we hope you've liked this, our first episode 
of Medfield College Film Society presents our Summer Magic miniseries. You know where to find us on social media. We're at Medfield Film on the platforms and keep sending emails to info at medfieldfilm.com. As always, Todd at Bindin Graphic Solutions is our graphic guy. He's at it again with our new episode graphics I'm sure you've seen on our social media. Hey, go check him out at bindingraphics.com. B-Y-D-A-N-D graphics.com. We'll see you all again in a few weeks. Guys, any final words? See you later, Jive Turkeys. (laughs) 75,000 acres of swamp out there. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful. Don't go in there. What's river country? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So from all of us to all of you, we hope that wasn't too painful. We look forward to seeing you next episode. Proud are we a mighty red field? Oh, my, my, red field. All your sons and daughters hail to thee. Redfield College of Technology. And while we hold your banner high, ha, ha, we shout your praises to the sky. Ha, ha, for proud are we a mighty red field? Loyally we che